it's basically in property to, to make it simple you just have to have access to funding and you need to know where to buy what to buy right if you can combine the two like properly then you can keep multiplying right but simply that's how you create wealth This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Richard Barada who by day is a project manager and by night, a buyer's agent. His journey has evolved from an initial property acquisition in Sydney where he navigated legal and financial challenges to amassing an impressive portfolio of eight properties in just two short years. Barada shares his experience of buying his first property in Sydney. Despite the stress involved, he highlights how his passion for attending open house auctions greatly facilitated the process. Yeah, so first property ever was in early 2021, right? So that was when my wife then and I, uh, oh sorry, my wife now obviously, but we, we got married, so no longer a girlfriend. Uh, we bought our first house, which where I'm sitting here in, in Padstow Heights. So, um, and yeah, we bought it in early 2021, you know, we, and this is again, we could have bought it in mid 2020, you know, late 2020, probably the best time to buy during that COVID panic. But we, we ended up buying still at a good time in Sydney, early 2021. There was this house for about 1.2 million, right? And it was a very stressful first time buying. Um, but then I did experience, because I like attending auctions and I always love properties and naturally I attend um, local auctions just to see how the market is going after we secured our place and then there's like similar properties selling for like 1.3 million in 1.35 1.4 just crazy you know once in the generation boom right as people call it 1.5 1.6 1.7 like wow this is crazy like how it goes and real estate agent trying to knock on my door saying hey i know you only bought your property recently but we can sell it for 200k higher like no thanks <laughs> But yeah, so that, that way I can see the potential like in, in property. Um, that was back in 2021. In the quest for a place to call home, Brad and his partner embarked on a journey through the vibrant neighborhoods of Greater Sydney. Driven by determination and insightful knowledge from a property podcast, they successfully secured their current residence. We, we like Sutherland Shire to begin with, but you know, everything was so expensive down there and we almost bought one over there but it got beaten. Uh, and then um, I think Jess's cousin, long cousin, like long distance cousin, uh, lived in an area called Reversby. So, and then she was sharing, yeah, they were looking at Nanya here and there. And then naturally we, you know, start looking somewhere in that area. And then this house came like on realestate.com and we both liked it and we decided to inspect it on a Saturday and put an offer on the same day. And by then, Jess was already listening to um, like my millennial property, like like those good property uh, podcasts, um, and and yeah, we, we put we knew we have to be quick, like you know, a bit of education. So and we secured it by Monday. Purchasing your first home is usually a joyous occasion, but Barada and his partner's experience was different. They had to navigate numerous legal and financial challenges and made some risky decisions, but in the end, it all paid off. Yeah, it was very stressful first time buying. We don't know how the legal works. We, we had a 
uh, our solicitor or conveyancer was really slow in responding. You know, they get too busy, and and um, our broker missed out on critical policy. You know, so basically, NAB couldn't lend us more than 80%, right? Because we are buying this all with our own money, so we have to go up to 90% uh, LVR back then. But L, but then NAB said, no, we can only do 80%. I'm like, oh, how are we going to get this? So we basically signed a contract without finance, you know, approved at the time. That 10% is equivalent to like a hundred something thousand dollars. 120K, yeah, basically, because 1.2 million, we, we didn't have the money, right? And then uh, she worked in the bank in Macquarie, so we de- we did in-house internal, like very rush in a lot of stress, like very difficult time. Um, but then my broker, you know, also tried to find another uh, solution, which they did. So we we ended up signing up with ING and got it to ninety percent. I think we paid like thirty k LMI because <laughs> we didn't know better. But sometimes you need need to get it over the line in order to be able to own the property or own the asset. You got to actually sometimes take that extra insurance so that way you can get it. Otherwise, you lose out. And if you had lost out, you would have lost what a couple hundred thousand anyway from the appreciation and the opportunity cost. Absolutely, yeah, opportunity cost, right? And but maybe we could have gone with eighty eight percent LVR instead of ninety. Maybe that will reduce the LMI significantly. But anyway, that that's okay. We we got it um, just one day before the cooling off period. Wow. And we're all happy. After the excitement of the first property purchase, Barada began exploring the market again. Through tempting opportunities that arose in Brisbane, nothing materialized. However, armed with fresh insights gained from property courses and podcasts, Barada embarked on a new venture in the Perth market. And I saw how property prices went up um, and I wish we, we all say it's benefit of hindsight, right? So I was already ready to buy again in like mid-2021, you know, like could have picked up in Brisbane market, right? At that time, mid-2021, late 2021. But, you know, like <laughs> we were buying furnitures, TVs, like fridges, easily costed 20, 30K. So... And they're important, right, um, for us to enjoy our place. So, uh, but yeah, we we didn't buy in 2021, uh, but we did buy our first one in 2022. Yep. So I was not using a buyer's agent. I was considering using a buyer's agent because for me it's easy. Like, it's basically in property to to make it simple. You just have to have access to funding, and you need to know where to buy what to buy right if you can combine the two like properly then you can keep multiplying right if you put it simply and then all there's all lending strategies structuring here and there but simply that's how you create wealth right so i knew the concept i have access to funding but i don't know how to buy and that's when i was considering a buyer's agent um but i ended up doing a course i think uh pk i think he's he's been in your podcast um once or twice yeah and then uh obviously from then um I took some other courses as well, but I want to give a shout out because this one is really good. And and basically, I um, yeah, I bought my first one in February 2022 in Perth. Excellent. So that, that was the first one. And did you fly back to Perth then at that point in time? No, no, no. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> but we did have people inspect our place and, you know, we have friends as well who live there. So Barada explores the reasons that led to his interest in purchasing the property in Perth. Well, um, it's all in the in the data, and you know, and I, I I'm someone who's always challenges. You know, even though I did take the course, I did try to cross check with other professionals. You know, just trying to some kind of 
expert validation there. So, but everyone, you know, Perth was basically a very hot market already back then, even in early 2022. So we bought a place in the city of Quinana. So it's a suburb called Leda, Lida. Um, if you go on, yeah, we bought it for 381K back then, four bedroom, two bathroom. And there's such a short of supplies. Even now, if you... If you, if you go on real estate, there's only three properties for sale and they're all under offer. <laughs> and they're already asking 500k plus. After his success in Perth, Brada has continued to expand his property portfolio, including his recent property acquisitions in Cairns. His portfolio has reached an impressive state, highlighting the remarkable growth potential within it. Since uh, February, we bought our first and then we bought our second one in, in Cairns. And that was in April, April 2022, so about two months after. Uh, yeah, we bought in Cairns. Um, probably not my best purchase, to be honest, because I slightly overpaid uh, on that one. Uh, but it still grew regardless, still now. Uh, we bought it for 465 a corner block, um, mountain backdrop. So uh, really, really nice property, four bedroom, two bathrooms. Um, yeah, that, that was in Cairns, yeah. Well, I'm just curious, how, how many properties total have you currently got in your portfolio at the moment then? Yeah, so including the place we live in, about eight. There is eight now. So there is one that is settling in two weeks actually. In a revealing conversation, Barada opens up about a pivotal turning point in his life. He shares how he fell into the addictive world of online gaming, spending thousands of dollars and wasting countless hours. This experience served as a catalyst for him to reassess his choices and embark on a journey to turn his life around. You know how I told you, and you know, this is property invest story, so story is always good, right? So, you know how I told you, I see a pattern of how I was so lazy back in um, high school and then only like, then I realized it's like a slap on the face and then I bounced back really quickly and did really well. That's, I see like that's repeating again here because to be honest, I haven't really shared this publicly. Um, I was wasting so much money when in my mid-20s, so like, when I was earning reasonably well for my age back then, I wasn't investing. I was I was trapped in this online game. It's a pay-to-win game, so mobile phone, and I easily spent almost maybe even fifty k in two years. But that's online gaming for you. <laughs> online gaming, yeah, it's like addiction, like it's crazy. And I did, and not just not just money, but time as well, right? So it came to a point where, you know. After our honeymoon, I realized I actually looked back in the like the log and then like month by month how much I spent, and I create like a histogram, like kind of January, February, and you can see a pattern. It started with like a few hundred dollars, no, not even not even hundred dollars, and then hundred dollars, and then a few hundred dollars, and then like one thousand, two thousand a month, and then like four or five until like six, seven thousand a month. That's and then I realized what have I done in my life? You know, like that's like a slap in the face right and then that's that's why i'm like bouncing really really quickly now and i know i'm doing really well now um you know so anyway that, that's why i'm going aggressive yeah thank you for sharing that i really appreciate it and it's really good story to share with the audience because it goes to show that anyone can make the change as long as you realize what isn't you know healthy i guess in that sense because some people don't mind online gaming i don't mind it you know it's as long as you're not going crazy with that and uh, especially when it might not be adding value it may add value to other people's lives but uh, maybe not you so 
certainly taught me a lesson though. Yeah, that's a big lesson. I was actually going to ask you, you know, what's one of your worst um, investing moments? Um, obviously, it's not really investing, but it's one of your worst moments in life, would you say, to, to say that that's sort of your turning point? You know what's funny? Um, with that game, people won't call it investment, but in the game, like they have like this monthly uh, discount. Like, you know, spend spend $200 and you get a value of $500 of value. Best investment ever. That's how like they advertise it. <laughs> and then you spend $2,000, you know, like just like that. So, and then I, at one point I tried to sell like the account because it's a grinding game with, with that kind of uh, strength, you know, in the account, I could have sold it for like an easy 5K, right? Maybe 4K people would buy for it. But I was stupid. I used personal email in that account. So I couldn't sell it. I couldn't sell my personal email because it's got a lot of my personal information. So yeah, it's probably worst investment. Coming up after the break, we'll explore the fascinating mindset and attitude that propelled Richard Prahada on his path to building a thriving property portfolio. Money is just a number on your bank account. You know, you, they can just in the next day, like next day, they just send you 100k just like that, and then all of a sudden you can use that number to for further to buy another asset just like that. His strategic roadmap to make his aspiration of attaining financial freedom a reality. We want to reach that financial freedom, independence as soon as possible. The first milestone for me is to be able to retire my wife. The importance of him fulfilling a purpose-driven life beyond his career and financial success and ensuring to leave a positive mark on the world. Because you only live once, you don't want to just live work because you have to. You want to make a, a tremendous impact in someone's lives. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Barada discusses his positive experiences in his property journey, highlighting how all of his properties, including his most recent purchase, have experienced substantial growth. This highlights his astute strategy of entering the market at the right time and buying properties at favorable market values. It's all been positive to date, nothing really um, negative. All properties grew really substantially even for the last one and a half years. So basically, we bought seven in the last uh, one and a half years, right? So um, they all grew at least 50K, even the one that we just purchased, like um, because we bought it so well. Uh, we bought it, the last one was 517, but literally next door was 690K was sold a few months back. So, and even the bank valuation came higher, like during purchase. That normally doesn't happen, right? No. Yeah, it, it's like 8K higher. So, with, with like a major bank. So, so yeah, it's all been positive, uh, Tyron. Barada's most enlightening aha moment was a revelation about the properties that the financial system provides. He shared this insight through the entertaining story of his sixth property purchase where he sees the remarkable opportunity. We bought, for example, uh, not the last purchase but the, the, I think the sixth purchase. We bought it off market. We, you know, I was looking for a client actually. So, um, but the client couldn't spend more than 500k. So, to me, it's too good to be let go. So, I bought it myself. I didn't have finance back then. Uh, no finance, uh, but my broker said, um, just do it, like you'll be fine. So I valued it at around 575, 580. Excellent. 
I bought it for 512, right? So um, off, off listed. So, and that was true like three weeks later, um, even before settlement, like two banks, two major banks, like separate banks already valued it at 600K, right? Basically what that means is I can refinance to these banks, get 90K cash just like that, right? It's as a loan, obviously it's not free, but that's an aha moment to me. Like it's crazy, like how money is just a number. It's just a, you know, money is just a number on your bank account. You know, you, they can just, in the next day, like next day, they just send you 100K just like that. And then all of a sudden you can use that number to, for further, to buy another asset just like that. So I feel like, wow. So people having the mindset of uh, scarcity, they are scared if they they have like 200, 300K saving in the bank, lazy, lazy money and doing nothing. And, but you know, that's a big opportunity they can use, but they, they are scared of losing that 300K. Right. But yeah, it's a big opportunity to be honest. So. It's very interesting because ultimately at the moment with our financial system, it's, it's, I guess it's backed by quite a number of things, but um. It's very easy for us because of the supply and demand that we have in the market uh, for things to sort of just, yeah, pretty much shift around with numbers. And I've seen it happen a lot within the financial sector because I, I work in this space all the time. And uh, some things are valued at certain things and, you know, so forth because, I'm uh, yeah, I'm a private financial broker. You're a lender, yeah. Very unique, very unique model there. Yes. So that that's why I see it happen every single day, you know, and it's not uncommon. But uh, for the... For everyone else out there, I guess they're, they're still looking at doing all this um, and learning about it. It is a very eye-opening type of um, industry. <laughs> it is. The velocity of money, right? Like how fast it moves in and out. It's it's very quick. And um, I guess the, at the end of the day, all they want to know is that making sure that you know these banks that you go to, to get financing and so forth is that can you afford it? Can you pay it back? And can they get their money back? And if they mitigate all that risk, they're happy to throw more money at you. Yeah, it's important you know your household, how your household budget is performing, you know, and each property, how much money it's taking from you so that you're not forced to sell it. So at one point, yeah. Exactly. Barada openly shares his ambition of achieving financial freedom and enabling his wife to retire. He aims to reach this milestone within the next five to six years, outlining a well-thought-out strategy inspired by industry experts like Simon Liu and Sam Gordon. Yeah, goal is basically we want to reach that financial freedom independence as soon as possible. The first milestone for me is to be able to retire my wife. So I think we are having our first firstborn soon and we need to spend more time with them, especially my wife. Uh, she has a really good job and she's doing really well in where she is now. Um, but you know, um, ideally full-time housewife because that's harder than, than working in the bank. So we want another kid as well. So that's my first milestone. For me, you know, ambitiously within the next five years, uh, five, six years, we can reach that status. Um, but um, conservatively, 10 to 15 years, we can definitely get there. Time flies when you have kids. So yeah, yeah. it just adds a little bit more extra. Um, yeah, you're just going to have to be more disciplined, I guess you can say. So <laughs> So what, what, what's the strategy then to be able to achieve that, those goals? Uh, yeah, so my, my strategy is um, quite simple, you know, buy and hold, try to buy under market value. So I'm a big fan of like Simon Liu, Sam Gordon, obviously, you know, these guys, Arjun Paliwal, they, they all have their own taste in doing things. 
but they all, you know, try to use data, buy affordable properties, you know, get really decent rental yield. So it's not too hard to hold. Simon is very big in buying way below market value. Such an inspiration. So is Sam, right? Sam Gordon. Yes, both of them do. Yeah, it really inspires me to negotiate harder, finding that um, below market value deals. And and look, and yeah, look, I'm a buyer's agent. I'm like killing five stones at once now because if I have four or five buyers and if all of them pass my, like a property, I can buy it for myself easily, right? So that, that's a strategy that, that we are doing. Barada unveils his instructive mentorship strategy, harnessing the power of podcasts and digital resources. He underscores the critical role of immersing oneself in content aligned with personal goals and aspirations, a driving force behind his motivation and accomplishments in the field of property investment. To be honest, podcasts like yours is a big mentor already, right? So Because I learned a lot from... And that's how you started your podcast, right? Because you wanted to learn from these guys and then, and then publicize it so everyone else can learn. So it's a saying you are the average of five people, ten people surrounding yourself. If I listen to this kind of podcast like two, three hours a day, that's me surrounding myself with people who've done it, who have similar goals, who've done successfully, and it becomes normalized in my life. That's right. It becomes normal. And, you know, that's that's like I, I consider that mentors, like visual, like digital mentors, if you call, call it that. So obviously, I still talk to PK uh, sometimes when I want to ask his opinion. He's done really well himself. Um and my man, uh, my my broker, uh, shout out to him as well. Um, he's got twelve, thirteen million dollars of properties portfolio. He's done it in Sydney market, in Melbourne, in Canberra. So, um, yeah, but not specific mentor where you do like a regular one on one every week or something like that. Just try to learn from everyone, basically. Barada graciously imports straightforward advice to our listeners, emphasizing the paramount importance of seizing the present moment and recognizing time as the most valuable resource for accomplishing goals, particularly for those aspiring to own property themselves. I can't remember who told me this, but I don't know. If I can give advice, I don't know, maybe that will work too. Probably start as start early, like start when you can. And don't procrastinate, you know, like um, time is one kind of resource which no matter how poor you are, how rich you are, Bill Gates, you know, or the poorest of the poor, they all have 24 hours. We all have 24 hours in the day, right? That's right. And it's how you use that time will determine the outcome and the life you'll be in, right? So, so yeah, look, um, some people are lucky. They are born in a very rich family, but there are people who aren't, but they made the best use of their time and they've done really well. So start early, especially that compounding effect, of, of investing so invest early um you know if we retire people only live like i don't know 85 90 years average 80 years old and retirement age is like 60 65 like you don't I, personally i don't want to be living until i'm 65 working until i'm 60 65 and then enjoy like the last 20 years you know i want to be in the position where i have the choice to not work if i don't want to when i'm like i'm 30 now maybe 35 or 40 max right and then i still do i still do work you know even though the passive income is sufficient but i'm doing works where i'm passionate about i can add value and you know make your life more meaningful basically because you only live once you don't want to just live work because you have to you want to make a, a tremendous impact in someone's lives for sure that's my um 
my what's the word aspiration my my, my calling where i want to go your strong why your purpose everything that you want to do in your- my strong why yeah and you know take action start early start now just do it you know talk to people calculate your risk and you will do well looking back a decade ago Barada shares a powerful message he conveyed to his younger self and anyone seeking financial wisdom. Shaped by conversations with successful individuals like PK, his advice underscores this transformational potential of early financial education, investing readers to learn from his past mistakes. Start saving, you know, like PK, he started when I was interviewed in one of his uh, YouTube, uh, in his YouTube channel. So he started when he was 21, he told me, right? And here he is, only $33, $12 million, no debt, and you know, maybe 500 k passive income Like, because he started early. But everyone has their own race. So if you're already 40 or 50, start today. Like, Start educating yourself. Like, you know, Everyone has their own journey. But if I go back 10 years ago, I'll tell myself, you know, still enjoy life, but start investing. Don't play online games and spend bloody 50 k for like zero return. In the coming five years, Barada anticipates an exhilarating journey as he envisions his property portfolio doubling in value and achieving financial freedom, enabling him and his wife to work fewer days and cherish precious moments with their family. Yeah, look, uh, portfolio doubling. So maybe not the Sydney one, but Perth, I, ha- I have seen it, you know, like doubled in three years, four years during that 2000, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm sure it will do outperform a lot and... Hopefully, uh, keep buying, keep buying properties uh, until we can't afford it. You know, our cash flow doesn't allow for it. And then, yeah, excited, like, retire in, in five years. Um, not like retire, do nothing kind of things, but I can tell myself and just, hey, let's work three days a week because we want to enjoy two days with our kids kind of stuff. Yes. Very looking forward to that and I think we will, we will get there. So, you've achieved a lot, you know, in this short period of time. How much of your success is due to this skill, intelligence, hard work and how much of it do you think is because of luck? Yeah, I think uh, my my personal, I, f- I feel like it's the perfect Venn diagram of those, of luck, skill, intelligence and hard work. It's like everything working in harmony. I'm very lucky. I'm born in the, you know, I did say my parents don't spend time a lot when I was young, but they actually work really hard and I learn indirectly. Like I need to work hard and they teach me how to save really well. You know, you know, not every parents are like that. So that becomes ingrained in me. And, you know, funny story as well. My parents both, um, sorry, I'm getting a bit off topic of tangent here. No, this is really important. It's it's really good. My mom bought uh, the land in Jundalup back in the 90s. My dad bought the BMW back in the 90s. Around the same time, same price roughly. But you can probably guess, we they still have both of them. I just asked her yesterday, just in preparation for this podcast, where's the BMW, by the way? And still in the backyard. No one wants to take it for free. <laughs> and the house in Jindalab, like 700K. And people want to live there up in the hill. That's an excellent example. <laughs> I think I'm lucky. I'm exper- My mom always, when they have, when she has argument with that, she always brings that one, that story up. I think you can call that rich mom, poor dad. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, rich mom, poor dad. Yeah. And it's it's becoming something that I always think of. You know, you want to buy appreciating assets, you know. Don't buy, like, very expensive car. I can afford, like, nice cars, but I know it's just going to go down in value. So, but then that's me being lucky. But then also I'm working hard. I'm actually putting into action trying to buy these appreciating assets with good rentals. That's my hard work, right? 
I'm also reasonably intelligent. I'm able to find an undervalued market, find the right market, growing market, and that's um, and I'm honing my negotiation skill as well, like you know my research skill. So I think it's a perfect harmony of of everything. Thank you to Richard Baharada, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.